0: Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. All right, well, good morning, everybody. My name is Jared Lanza. I'm the lead pastor here at Encounter Church, and uh, I just love this moment. I love being able to teach you from God's Word. If this is your first time with us today, I want to say welcome. Welcome. Uh, It is my pleasure to welcome you. I'd love to meet you after service. Also, if you're joining us on our podcast today, we want to say thank you for joining us. I believe today is going to be uh, an encouraging and challenging message. We are right in the middle of our Thanksgiving message series. It's a five-part series for five weeks in November based on the five verses of Psalm 100. And today we're going to be studying verse four. Um, You know, we've talked a lot about Psalm 100, and I encourage you to read it. Uh, If you haven't already, we read it together during service. But I encourage you to read on it and pray through it meditate on it throughout the week. It's just a simple verse, Psalm 100. It's five verses and it's just, it's just so good because it talks about loving God for who he is and, and the proper responses that ultimately he deserves from us because of who he is and what he's done for us. Well, today we're going to talk about We're going to talk about verse 4, but before we do, every Sunday this month, we have read Psalm 100 together. There's just something powerful about speaking out God's truth in a corporate setting. So today, we're going to read Psalm 100. Now, for those of you uh, who come from maybe Catholic backgrounds or maybe more liturgical backgrounds, you may be familiar with the concept of reading Scripture aloud, but if if any of you had that, perhaps you might be feeling like, I don't know that that it ever felt like it was very meaningful to me. Well, I want to explain something very quickly to you. The reason we're reading Scripture out loud is not because the pastor said we should do it. We're going to do it today because when we, when we speak out loud the truths of the gospel, you see, we believe here that the Bible is God's word, that it is the word of God spoken from him, and that it is truth. It is the ultimate authority of truth. So when we speak it out loud, especially as a group, what we're doing, there's no magic in the words, but what we're doing is we are affirming together the power of the truth of the good news of Jesus Christ. And so as we read Psalm 100 together, don't just read it as though it's words on a screen, and they will be. Let's read it from our hearts and mean what we say, okay? So let's read together right here, Psalm 100. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Next week, we're going to talk about that last verse, but I just want to highlight it. just stuck out to me right now. His faithfulness continues to each generation. For those of you who have kids, that means that God's faithful to them as well. He's faithful to you. He was faithful to your parents. He's faithful to their grandparents. He will be faithful to your children, to their children. I don't know if that hits anybody, but I just feel like today, for whatever reason, I read that and I hit that there. God's promises are for you and for your kids. Just hold on to God's truth. His word is true. All right, so today we're going to continue our journey by exploring verse 4. And verse 4 says this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And so we see that God is worthy of praise and we've discussed that. And so the fourth response to who God is is intentional thanksgiving. Intentional thanksgiving. How perfect for today. We're about to celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday together as a family, as a church. Today is sort of our Thanksgiving Sunday, where we are going to take time to intentionally be thankful and grateful for who God is and for what He has done for us. And but the thing is, the key word here is intentional. The word said, go into his courts. It said, enter his gates. That means I wasn't at home. That means I got up, put my clothes on, got in the car, drove to the place, and went through the gate, went through the courts. Okay. So there's an intentionalness to this Thanksgiving. And so right around now, we talk a lot about Thanksgiving, obviously, at this time, at this time of year, particularly with my family. Every year we get around the table. And one of the traditions that we have in my home or in my family is we sit around the table and we 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 kind of go around the table and everybody gets to say something that they're thankful for. Now, this is not a unique tradition by any means. I think probably most of us in the room would say, yeah, I have at least have been a part of that. And so Thanksgiving, a lot of it is about being thankful, recognizing the blessings that we have in life. But Thanksgiving as a holiday is an intentional approach to our blessings, right? It's this one time of year where everybody in the country sits down and says, we're going to be intentional about being thankful for the things that we have. Most of the year, we're already thankful for it. But this is the time of the year where we're going to be intentional and speak it out loud and tell people what we're grateful for and what we're thankful for. But the power isn't just in the thankfulness. The power of thanksgiving isn't just in the fact that I'm grateful. The power is in the togetherness, being thankful as a group. That's the beauty of thanksgiving is that we get together around the dinner table and we sit down with people that we love, whether they're friends or family or coworkers or some people who are our closest individuals that we want to share with. The power is in the group, that we're all together sharing what we're thankful for. Some of them are unique to an individual, but we share in that together as we are with each other. And while being thankful to God with our families and our friends is important, there is a difference when we direct it to God himself. You see, Thanksgiving, oftentimes, I see this all the time, is people say, what am I thankful for? I'm thankful for my family, and I'm thankful for my car, and for the good job that I have, and my paycheck, and all these things are wonderful things to be thankful for. But there's a difference between being thankful generically and being thankful directly to the God who provides the blessings. And so today, we're going to talk about that, about how God desires for us to come together as a family with a unity of purpose and intention, and to tell him of our thankful hearts as one body, as one body. So let's read verse 4 again. What does it say? It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And so Out of that passage of Scripture, the big idea for the day, the thing that's going to shape our entire message is this, is that intentional thanksgiving flows from a grateful heart. Now, if you have a program with you inside or the notes page, I would encourage you to pull that out. We have pens for you in the front or at the Connection Center. If you don't have one, I encourage you to take notes. This is an important thing to understand. You'll notice little blanks there. You can fill in the blanks as we go along today. But intentional thanksgiving flows from a grateful heart. You know, it's, it's, that's the thing, is that how, how many times have you, have you felt like, if you're a parent, where you felt like your kids just were not grateful for the things that you gave them, they weren't happy with them, and you know they're happy, you see. Like my kids, they have their game systems or they have their Kindles or the things that they love to play with, but they don't tell me, thank you for buying this for me very often. And that's just not a kid's thing. Whenever we go out to a special dinner somewhere, you know, we'll be driving. We had a great time. We went to a movie or something, you know, and we're driving home and we're having a blast. And I'm thinking as the dad, as the parent who provided this wonderful experience for my children, that the natural thing that they would do is they would say, thank you, Father, for this wonderful time. But that's not the case. But there are moments. There are moments where... I don't have to say anything. In fact, I remember a few years ago, we took our kids to Disney World, and we just had an amazing time, an incredible time exploring the the, the four different parks, and we got to eat at great restaurants, and we had so much fun that we're actually driving home on an 18-hour ride in one day, 18 hours, and both of our kids go, thank you so much for taking us to Disney World. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like this 18-hour ride is nothing because I'm, I just feel so, so happy that my kids are grateful thankful for what we did and what we took them on. And so the idea of intentional thanksgiving flows from a grateful heart. It starts with our heart. We, it's one thing to be thankful, but it's something to be grateful for what we have. Even when we feel like we don't have enough at times, I'm still grateful for the things that I have and the one who gave them to me. That I'm going to be intentional about thanking him and praising him. This is gratefulness for who God is. He's our master. And that gratefulness should lead us into an intentional thanksgiving. Being intentional means being thoughtful and taking the time. And so let's go through these these verses as we had in the last couple of weeks. It says, enter his gates. There's a couple words we have underlined here. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. So the first one we're going to examine is enter his gates gates. This is destination oriented. This means that there is a place to go. Okay. That means that there is a purpose for it. Entering his gates means you can't go through the wall. You actually have to go through the gate. Okay. So imagine for a second, I want want you guys to understand this. When it says enter his gates and go into his courts, at the time, the people who wrote this and who it was written for, the place that they would go to worship corporately as a body was a big temple that had walls around it. And the only way to be able to get inside was to go through the gate. Okay, the gate, just like a door of a building. You can't go in from the side of a wall. You have to go in through the gate. And so this, is, this, is, this concept here is, is what it's saying. The underlying version here is, is you have to be willing to go to where God is and go in the way that he wants to receive you. He wants us to be shaped by who he is, be shaped by the gate, if you will. Come to him with, with an expectation of, of who he is and the worthiness of who he is. I'm coming to him because of who he is. We talked in the several weeks beforehand that he's our master, that he's our creator, that God is the supreme being. And he says he deserves our praise, so we're going to come to where he is. And the church represents his house. This place right here is the house of God. And so when you enter in through the doors, that's entering through his gates. I'm coming into his place knowing that God lives in this house. That's powerful. And we're going to talk about why that's important in just a moment. This is the, the idea of the gate is also about molding us to be what he wants us to be. This is bending our will. Now hear me. This is important. Bending our will to please him because we are grateful bending our will to him because we're grateful for what he has done for us. This sounds a lot like Jesus. In fact, in John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I mean, this is Jesus saying, you've got to enter in through my gate if you want to know the Father, if you want to have eternal life, you enter in through me. That's why it's so important to understand that Jesus is the only way for salvation. So the concept of entering the gates, that sounds a lot like Jesus when he said, enter in, I am the way. But also he talked about another way of a gate. He said Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, he was talking about two different roads and two different gates. He said, he said, broad, wide is the path that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to salvation, and the gate is small. Again, the same thing. Jesus is drawing a parallel to Psalm 100, where enter his gates. It's like there is a concept of, yes, God wants all people to worship him, but he's not going to take the worship of heathens, of people who are just refuse to acknowledge God for who he is. Come into the gate. Bend your life. Bend your life. Make it a priority To come into the gates. But it says, enter in gates with thanksgiving. So not only are we going to the place, making the priority of going to where God is, but it says, enter in with thanksgiving. And the word there for thanksgiving actually is a Hebrew word for todah. Todah is the Hebrew word. And it means this, a communal sacrifice. A communal sacrifice, but also a song of praise. It's important to understand here that the Israelite people would come together into the temple to offer sacrifices and gifts. Okay, Before Jesus Christ came and offered his life as a sacrifice once and for all for all of our sins, they had to do this over and over and over again. The Israelites would come to the temple and they would offer sacrifices. They would either sacrifice an animal, or they would bring grain, or they would bring flour, or they would bring um, birds, or they would bring uh, oils. All sorts of different things that mean meant different types of sacrifices. Some of them were sacrifices of thanksgiving. Some of them were were sin atonements. There was all sorts of different things. And they would come to this place. So when when they When it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, it's actually saying, enter his gates with the spirit of we're coming together for the purpose of offering a praise song, a sacrifice of praise to God. Why is that a sacrifice, though? For our purposes, why is it a sacrifice? Well, how many of you have struggled ever at any time to get up out of bed to come to church? How many of you have have walked into the doors on a Sunday morning feeling like you just it was hard. This has been a hard week. This has been a difficult time. And, and if I'm honest, probably the last thing my flesh, my body wants to do is praise God for the good things that are going on in my life when I feel like so many things are going wrong. If, if, if you were all honest, I'm not asking you to raise your hands, but I would be one raising my hand. And I would suspect that most of us would be honest and say the same thing. And what it's saying here is that enter his gates with thanksgiving, this concept of the sacrifice, the communal corporate sacrifice of praise is saying, you know what, because of who God is, because I am grateful for all that he has done, no matter how bad things are, I am still grateful for God's presence in my life and his faithfulness that even though I might not feel like it right now, I will give him the praise. And it's called a sacrifice of praise. I'm going to sacrifice on the altar my pride, my emotions, my, my feeling of I wish I could be somewhere else, my exhaustion, my tiredness, my desire to be in bed or go to the tailgate downtown, whatever it might be. I'm going to sacrifice that thing on the altar and say, God, I praise you because you deserve it. Thanksgiving, being grateful, being thankful. Oh, God, I will enter your gates with thanksgiving. This is a required effort and a cost. So this is another thing that was important to understand is that the people would bring to the temple with them, they would bring their own animals. They would bring what was theirs. And at the time, they didn't really have a lot of money. Money wasn't so much the normal. They would actually barter mostly, okay? So their value and their worth, most of it, was based off of their livestock. And so if I had uh, 10 goats or 10 sheep, if I took one or two of them, that's 20% of my inventory that I'm giving away. And God says to do that on a regular basis. And so they would come to the temple, bringing the thing, the things that were most valuable to them. In our world, this is like considered like a paycheck, you know, or our time, the things that are most valuable to us. And, and they would come, and they would give them willingly, gratefully. And God says, I will bless you. That's what God said. I will bless you because of your Giving your sacrificial, cheerful giving. There is a cost. There is a cost to coming to the house of God and, and laying on the altar whatever it is that we're struggling with, so that we can give God what He's doing. So when we come on Sunday mornings, you know, you see me down here, and I'm praising God, and I'm not saying you got to look like me, you know, jumping up in the air and like I'm at a rock concert, but that's just who I am. But there are days when I'm tired or when I'm frustrated with something in my own life or whatever's going on, but I want to be the same at church every Sunday no matter what is going on in my life because God deserves it. And that's what he's calling us to. Come into his place. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. A grateful heart. But then it says, enter his courts. And this is interesting, the court. What is the court of a king? The court of a king… Kings had their entourages, okay? So normally, what you would see is in a, in a kingdom, the king had an entourage, and then he had a court, a place, Where the king would sit down and all his entourage would be there, and then they would, they would, people would come in to this place. We have an image on the screen here from a very popular TV show called Game of Thrones. Now, what you see on the screen here is the throne. This is the king who's sitting on the iron throne, and you see the individuals who are all surrounding him in the, in his court. Okay, and episodes of the show or any other really fantasy TV show that you've ever seen or even any medieval types of things, what you often see is the people of that kingdom coming into the king's court kneeling down, giving reverence and honor to the king, and then usually asking something in return, saying, you know, my farm needs help with something, or I've been bothered by this, this thief or a bandit or whatever. You know, or oftentimes people would come in and bring gifts to the king. Okay, so this is the concept of the court. This was a representation of king's power and authority. So when you enter the court's, With praise, what you're saying is, I recognize that you are the master of this realm, that nothing happens without your, at least your uh, knowledge and approval of it happening. But I also recognize your authority, that you can stop anything at any moment. I recognize that you have all the wealth to be able to transform any circumstance. You could crush me in a second, or you could raise me up to prominence in a second. How many times have we seen that in Scripture? How many times have we seen, like Joseph is a perfect example of this in the Old Testament. In, in, in the book of Genesis, Joseph was, just, was uh, the last born in the 12 uh, sons of Israel, the last one. And he was born, and he was no one. His brothers threw him out, and he ended up in Egypt, and God raised him up to be the commander of all of Egypt, the governor over everything except under Pharaoh. I mean, that's incredible that God raised him up. This is what can happen. So when you come into the courts of the Almighty God, we come into his place with praise. What it's saying is you recognize who he is, the authority of who he is. This is a place of God receiving our place of honor, our praise and honor. This is the place of where we express gratitude. So where is this court? Where is it? You're sitting in it right now. This is the court of the Most High. They might not look like this on screen here, and I'm certainly not sitting on the throne, but what we're saying is is that the house of God is no longer in one temple. The house of God is any place where the body of Jesus Christ comes together, the family, comes together and we, we, we intentionally give thanksgiving to the God who deserves it. And so his court is this place. His authority is supreme here. His power is almighty here in this place. Nothing happens here that is not by his design or his will. And when we come into this place and we bow down in front of him and we say, Jesus, I give you everything you deserve. My life is only present because of who you are and because of what you've given me. And then there's this element of, he says, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And you you say, and then you say, God, my life, right now I'm frustrated. Right now I'm struggling. Right now this thing in my life is difficult. I need help. You are the king and I plead to you, the one who has the authority, the ability to do something about it. That's what the court is for. So when we come together on a Sunday morning, let's give God his praise. Let's give God his thanksgiving. Let's be thankful this Thursday. Let's, let's make our place our homes on, on Thursday when we're having our dinner around our tables, whether it be just two of you, whether it be 30 of you and your big families, when you sit around that table, let's not just, let's not just, let's just not just thank be thankful. Let's thank God. Let's give Him praise. And then when you come on Sundays, let's be grateful for what we have. And this is the, the beautiful thing here, All right, Hebrews 4, 16 says this. Let us then approach. God's throne with confidence. You see, because of what Jesus did for us, his death on the cross, the blood, that sacrifice that we no longer have to make in the temple, that sacrifice that covers everything we've done, every time we've ever missed the mark in our lives, whenever we miss the mark, Jesus' blood covers it. Because of that, Hebrews 4:16 says, "Let us now approach God's throne with boldness." Now in that image, let's go back to that image for a second. Notice who's standing in front of the throne. We've got these armored king's guard who are standing there ready to defend the king in case anyone with a malicious heart comes in to try to attack. In God's throne, in God's kingdom, there are no king's guard blocking your way. Jesus has given us access. And so when Hebrews 4:16 says, "Let us come boldly to the throne," let us approach God's throne with confidence that means we can walk in to God's throne right up to the throne and bow down and kiss his hand and say Jesus you are powerful I love you thank you for everything you've done I give you my life I honor you and he's not like whoa who is this get out of my face no he's he's like oh welcome home welcome back what can I do for you that's the power of what Jesus has done for us. Intentional thanksgiving means sacrificing the time and energy. And this is on your, on your page if you want to write this down. Intentional thanksgiving means sacrificing the time and the energy that could be used on something else. Okay, that's that cost. That's that, that, that concept of the cost that we bring that we are willing to give. The sacrifice, the time, and energy in coming to God's house, that's the court. To bring praise and honor. And so the rest of that verse, the last part of the verse said, give thanks to him and praise his name. That's just repeating what we've already heard. Give thanks to him and praise his name just reinforces the grateful heart and being intentional. So for us, and this is where we're wrapping up here, bringing intentional thanksgiving means three things. Bringing intentional thanksgiving. So one of us is this being intentional. Okay, we just talk about what it means to be intentional. Sacrificing, coming into God's house and giving him praise. But bringing it How do I personally do that? Number one is making corporate worship a priority. Make it a priority in your life. You're here today because it is a priority. Some of you have invited friends and invited family members because you want them to experience what you experience here every Sunday. That's fantastic. I encourage all of you to do that, especially as we move into our Christmas month. There's so many opportunities for people to bring their their family and friends here so that we can share God's love with them. But making corporate worship a priority, that's the enter his gates, okay? We're gonna come in. This is his way, designed for relationships, designed for unity. God's word actually says, the Bible says, do not forsake the coming together as some have done. 2,000 years ago, people were still sleeping in on Sundays. Like, that's just the reality of it. And so Jesus is saying to us, in the Bible, he's saying, make coming to my house a priority, That means more than twice a month. That means like making it on a Sunday. Make it your priority to come to God's house. Love, God loves hearing the praises of his people. So when we come together on a Sunday morning, the priority is for us to be able to give God his due, to give him his praise. And yes, you can do that. Yes, you can do that individually. And he wants you to have quiet times, personal times with God. But he's saying, Come into my my gates. Enter into my place. Make the intention to come so we can celebrate together. And the other thing that really gives us is it gives me and the church the ability to teach all of God's people in one place at one time. Every one of you right now get to hear the same message that can change your life and transform your relationship with Jesus. Make corporate worship a priority. Number two, bringing intentional thanksgiving means setting the right expectations. This is the thanksgiving part of that verse. Come ready on Sunday morning. Come ready to praise God. Come ready to experience the King. When you come, it's, it's so easy to come in on a Sunday morning to church and just sit here. If you're, not, if you're not careful, an hour goes by and you just walk out feeling exactly the same because you weren't ready. You weren't, you weren't coming with an expectation to receive something. I would encourage you to be a participant. And I already mentioned, it can be sacrificial. There are times where coming to church on a Sunday or going to your life group, you know, these things can feel like a sacrifice. But I will promise you, I will tell you from God's word, He would rather our heart be willing with His sacrifice than to be giving something that doesn't cost us anything at all. There are so many times where Jesus actually said it. He said, It is, I would rather you give just the smallest of what you have, if it's a sacrifice, then have everything and give so much and it not even matter to you. Sometimes we need to be ready to give a sacrifice. Setting the right expectations means setting your heart ahead of time and knowing that when you come to church that the priority is actually God and not on me. This is hard for us too because sometimes, especially in our American culture, The expectation is that when I come to church, it's what I can get out of it. I want to go to a church that has the worship that I like. I like the particular pastor and the way that he preaches. I like the children's ministry. I want to go to a place where I can be fed. And that is important to go to a place where you will be fed in your spirit. But the number one priority of why we go to church is because he commands us to come in and to worship him and before and then once we're done worshiping him once we've given that that due that praise he is more than willing to meet us and hear what we need from him and what we can how he can help us in our lives the priority is god not you or me so bringing intentional thanksgiving means making corporate worship a priority it also means setting the right expectations and finally it means coming with purpose this is that courts concept the court of god coming with purpose purpose to a Sunday morning. This is worship and praise. We come on Sunday morning to worship God for who He is and to praise Him. We also come for confession and come for forgiveness. A lot of us carry things with us into a Sunday morning. Things that we're not proud of. Things that we are clearly guilty of. And this is a place of confession. This is a place of saying, God, I have not measured up this week. I need your help a place of asking for forgiveness. Jesus, would you forgive me? I know your blood covers my sin for all time, but I need to be right with you one-on-one. Maybe it's a place where you need to confess to a friend some you did. Maybe you wronged somebody else, and you can say, hey, brother, or hey, sister, or whatever that person's name is, I'm sorry that I yelled at you last week, or I'm sorry that I wasn't here when you needed me. I'm sorry for whatever maybe you just need to confess to them something that you're struggling with because they're your friend. That's the beauty of the life groups that we have. We're building strong relationships where we can struggle together and we can share those struggles and be honest and we help each other. Sunday morning is about celebration. Sunday morning is about growth. Some people go to churches and then they leave those churches and when they're asked why they don't go there anymore, they say, I just, I just feel like it was just always about the challenging things and it was never just making me feel good. There were people who, who go to churches for the strict purpose of just hearing how good they are. And I'm all for celebrating, I'm all for wanting to to, uh, to, to, to encourage you. And I hope you find these messages encouraging because the reality is though, is that it's that we are not good enough. We will never measure up to the glory and mastery of who God is. That doesn't mean that. I mean, there is that concept of come as you are. Come just as you are. God doesn't ask you to walk in the door any different. And I say this to people all the time when they're struggling with something. And I say, you cannot be any more than you are right now. God's okay with that. So where you are in this place right now, in this moment, what you struggle with, the things that you're, that you're not happy with, the things that you feel guilty of, it's okay to be there now. What's not okay is to stay there. All you can do is take one step. And so that's the beauty of this place. The beauty of this moment is to come here and to grow and to hear what God is saying to you. So when I say set expectations, come with a purpose, what we're saying is come on a Sunday morning and, and say, God, what do you want to say to me? having your heart open, having that radar just sort of on throughout the day. God, as we're singing songs, as this word is being spoken, speak to my heart, challenge me, and then take that with you and apply it throughout the week and grow. The purpose is to grow. So bringing intentional thanksgiving means coming to God's house, making corporate worship a priority, setting the right expectations and coming with a purpose. And so to wrap it all up, our challenge today is to express your gratefulness to God intentionally, not just on Thanksgiving, not just on Sunday morning, but all year long. Let us express our thankfulness to God. Let's praise him with your words and actions in our life and at church. Let's praise him. Let's give him your service at work. When you're at work, treat your job as though he gave it to you himself. Serve your family. Love your kids. Love your wife, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your significant other. Love them. Serve them as though you were serving Jesus. I encourage you to give him your service at church, on the Dream Team. Join and become a part of the team of people who serve and make this a reality so the people who come who don't know Jesus have a place that is welcoming and warm environment for them. And show the world. Next week, we're going to have a segment about our world missions. People who have laid their entire lives on the line and said, God, I'll go to take, to, to take the gospel of Jesus to a people group who don't know who you are. And we're going to highlight three missionaries next week and talk about how our church supports them and sends them. I'm excited for that. But there's stuff we can do even locally. We have our outreaches coming up, our Light Up Lawrenceville and and our cookie mall. We're asking for people to join in and help us bake the cookies and help us serve at the tables. And you can do that and sign up at the Connection Center after service today. These are all ways that we can show God that we're grateful because it's one thing to say I'm grateful. It's another thing to live my life as though I am grateful. Let's be intentional daily with our gratefulness to God. This Thanksgiving Let's be thankful for all that we have. Absolutely. Let's enjoy God's blessings with our families and our friends. And let's continue that spirit of thanksgiving throughout the entire year and bring it intentionally to God's house each Sunday. Amen. Come on. Thanks for listening to this message from Encounter Church. If you call Encounter Home or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterPGH.com and click on the Support Encounter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.